0: making micro documentaries about climate solutions, but it's more than that. You know, it's really about human ingenuity and innovation.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome to Ecolarm, the podcast where we break down the major factors affecting the environment and explore what we can do to help. I'm your host, Beau.
2: And I'm your host, Imani. And today we'll be talking to our guest, Kip Pastor.
1: Kip is the CEO of Pick Action a media company that focuses on creating micro-documentaries for sustainable startups.
2: Their mission is to prevent doom scrolling by bringing you guys optimistic stories to your social media feeds. Alrighty, well, thank you for coming on. I guess just to start with the podcast, we'd love to hear you introduce yourself and maybe just explain your journey and how Peak came to be.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, Very excited about today. Let's see, I'm going to take you guys back to uh, all the way to 2004. Um, I wasn't intending to do that, but we're going to go there. That's when I graduated from college. And uh, I thought I wanted to get into politics. Uh, I'd sort of been prepping my whole life. I studied history uh, at the University of Pennsylvania and, and was destined for politics. But ultimately, uh, I decided it was a little bit more about winning than about ideas. And so while on my journey, I started taking some night classes in film. And it clicked that media and content creation is going to be the most effective medium to disseminate big, important social ideas and affect change. And that was before the iPhone came out. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, I was lucky in some ways and then also well positioned in others to uh, move to Los Angeles and get my MFA in producing at the American Film Institute. And then out of school, I started uh, a small production company and we made commercials and music videos. And I did that to support my first feature-length documentary, which was called *Inorganic We Trust*, which really is a solution-based film. Um, it was uh, a little pet project that really grew and grew, and you know, ultimately uh, connected with a very large audience. So um, that was all the way back. And since then, I've been an executive running production companies, um, and most recently, I ran production for two prolific Hollywood directors, John Abnett and Rodrigo Garcia, and their company. And they made movies and television, but they are incredibly innovative with the other uh, co-founder, Jake Abnet there, and they dabbled a lot in digital. So we made the first ever Snapchat feature film, uh, which was a crazy ride, and it had 110 million views. Um, it was called Thick House, and we shot it vertically in real time. And, um, and we also started something called 60 Second Docs, which is just like it sounds. 60-second documentaries, and it was an experiment that really grew into something massive, and, uh, and I helped put together that team and, and grow that brand. So uh, I left, and my wife and I took a trip around the world um, and thought about what we wanted to do and the impact we wanted to have, and that's where Peak was born. And the idea is that we want to be the opposite of doom scrolling. We want to talk about climate uh, from a solution-based approach, solutions that you and I can do and solutions that companies can do and ultimately governments and uh, collective around the world.
1: So I guess now we have a good understanding how you got started in film. I'm just curious as to what got you really interested in sustainability and all the environmental work you mentioned, the, the trip around the world. Did something happen there or, um, or like what, what piqued your interest?
0: Uh, yeah. And I, and I, and I love the pun. It is exactly what piqued my interest. Um, we, uh, you know, I was, I was raised in the South and, you know, global warming as it was known was taught in public school when I was in third grade. So, you know, that was like, I mean, the mid eighties, you know? And so it was in my mind and for our family, uh, being outside and in wilderness is something that's really important to me. So I became a de facto environmentalist, but it was definitely something that I practiced in my own personal life, um, something I thought about, read about, but uh, did not directly do um, as much as I wanted. So Inorganic We Trust is an inherently climate film. I did it you know, a decade ago. Um, I did one on the tar sands pipeline and bridge in uh, Alberta to British Columbia. And so it's woven its way through my work, but peak is really full spotlight. No more time to waste. I need to do everything I can. My family needs to do everything we can uh, about climate. And, And we found that right now the conversation is often about the dire circumstance. And we all get turned off by that. And we have this nihilistic approach where You know, it's too big of a problem for us to move the needle. You know, I do beach cleanups and uh, I recycle. But, you know, what else can I do? Um, And a deep anxiety around that. So the idea of peak is to say there's a lot you can do. There's a lot of skills you have. You can uh, transition those into climate in myriad different ways. So we can all do more and we need to do more and we need to change the conversation to be what we can do um, and how we can do it together. Because ultimately, that's the only thing that's going to mitigate the tragedy.
2: Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a very like similar reasoning we had for this podcast. So I think we relate a lot in that way. But I guess some question that a viewer might be asking is, okay, so we have micro documentaries. And we also have this like on top of that a niche of sustainability. Do you feel it's like hard to get clients for like these stories? Or is it kind of just a growing industry and you can find a niche in that?
0: Uh, I mean, it's a great question. You know, I think the way that I frame it is uh, we're making micro documentaries about climate solutions, but it's more than that. You know, it's really about human ingenuity and innovation. And so we start with, instead of a macro problem of climate change and sustainability, we start with the human being that's come up with a new idea and the problem that they're solving. Uh, And then ultimately, you can see how that has an impact. So, for example, you know, we did a, a film on a company that has figured out how to make stronger concrete. You know, every building you go into, you want that concrete to be the strongest concrete. And the way that he figured out how to do that was he injects CO2 into the mix and it actually changes the molecules and creates a stronger concrete. So it sequesters CO2 forever because it changes the molecules, and at the same time gives you a stronger product. So that's that's amazing. You know, that's something that you could send a friend if you didn't care about climate and sustainability. So our approach is that ultimately every sector, sports, food, et cetera, is going to look at life through a climate and a sustainability lens. And so we wanna highlight those stories. So, you know, Eagles Stadium, the Philadelphia football Eagles, uh, that was built and and greened in a way that's much more sustainable. So there's there's sports stories, you know, Um, there's athletes that can share those stories. There are chemists in Germany that have figured out how to take an animal protein and create vegan cheese Uh, that is of a Michelin quality, Michelin star quality. It's going to look, taste, and be even more delicious than a lot of the cheese that you can have. So I think that is exciting to
2: anyone. Yeah, for sure. And we did actually take a look at that documentary with the team. And we noticed that a big theme in it was also just like the narrative of the person itself and like his family. So I'd love you to like walk me through the process of formulating those scripts. And if you kind of, bring out those personal stories, or if the companies and those owners want to make a big point of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question, too. You know, I think that part of the way that we approach the story is, ultimately, we want to talk about the company and the innovation, but everything is character driven, and we're storytellers. And so we want to start with the character and the human being behind that story. And, you know, all of those people, everybody has an interesting story, and how you get to where you were, And, you know, oftentimes we create those narratives by what we read and what we hear in the news, but there is a deeper story to that. So, uh, you know, Rob is uh, a founder of a a huge company um, that's growing like gangbusters, but he started not knowing that's where it was going to be. And we all have insecurities and we all make mistakes. and, And he didn't exactly know all of the things he was doing. So he took a lot of good counsel. And. So our way in is first we read and watch everything that these people have put out into the world. And then we ask a series of questions and try to peel back the layer to find the piece that hadn't been discovered, the diamond in the rough. And with Rob, it was that his father-in-law to be uh, provided him with a couple thousand dollars to pay for his initial patent. And those patents are what the, the backbone of the entire company. And I hadn't read that or seen that anywhere. And it just took a little while asking a few questions to get a little bit deeper. And then from there, we take that information and we structure the story and the visual components and create shot lists around it so that we know what we're getting. We don't spray and pray. It's an industry term where you just shoot everything and you figure it out in the edit. We're very intentional about designing that story um, so that it is an intentional cinematic
1: journey. So yeah, Kip, I'm really interested in, in to getting to know more about the micro documentary as a format as compared to a lot of like the feature films and um, hour-long kind of documentaries.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that there are, are lots of different ways to tell stories and uh, lots of different formats and lengths, and each of them have different benefits um, and, you know, one of the things that is important to us is we actually wanna tell all kinds of stories, all kinds of length of stories, because you reach different people in different ways at different times. And we all consume content in different ways. So the idea here is that we can start with short micro documentaries uh, for a number of reasons. One, um, they're less expensive to produce and they're a lot faster. You know, a feature length documentary will take several years and be quite expensive. Uh, Feature films take several years to develop and produce and distribute. And, you know, these films, we can come up with the idea, shoot them, edit them and get them on the Internet in a week. And so you have the opportunity to be impactful quickly. And also, uh, you're reaching billions and billions of people on each of these different platforms immediately, whereas uh, on television and in cinemas, uh, you reach smaller audiences, but you get uh, more focused attention. And when you have a longer story, you can connect in deeper ways. So our plan is to take the micro doc and create longer form content with a lot of those same ideas and some of those uh, characters and some of those portraits um, and continue to connect with people in deeper ways and engage with them in deeper ways.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think another point that people might be interested about as well, along with why the format is, how do you go about getting these clients and... I guess if you can walk me through like the business model and like funding and how do these, like, how do you bring these micro documentaries to life?
0: So uh, Peak is uh, in many ways, a traditional new media company. So we make original content for the internet and we will monetize that through banner ads and other advertising. Ultimately, uh, we will have brand sponsors and we actually already do. We have some brand sponsorships. Uh, with organizations that will underwrite the, the cost of the content. Um, and uh, we also believe that we can be very helpful in, in some new models of generating revenue um, by helping companies with recruiting and lead generation and investment opportunities. Um, so that's part of the business. There's another side of the business. We're an, a creative agency and production services company. So what we found is within Climate Tech and within Climate Solutions, uh, there's a lot of need for storytelling, and we want to be able to tell documentaries. We want to be able to help those companies uh, and organizations with commercials and corporate videos that they need as well, and tell uh, a diverse slate of stories in different formats. Um, so, the financing side is, you know, we're generating revenue already um, from those, those commercial clients and, and brand sponsorships, um, and you know, once we actually launch. We'll be generating revenue from that Google AdSense and the CPMs. Um, but we're also fundraising right now. Um, we're in the middle of a round. Um, we're taking on uh, equity investors uh, who believe that it's a strong business model and believe in the mission of, of having an impact.
2: Awesome. Okay. So I guess with that, I mean, I'm sure there's some challenges that come with not only the funding, but anything else in the process that you feel would be a big challenge going for peak
0: yeah. I mean, I think there, are, you know, like anything, uh, there's a lot of challenges of being a small business and growing. You know, I think I would look at, I look at that actually is uh, one of our strengths, which is human capital is really what makes this go. So it's early hiring is just so important. And, you know, you're looking to fill a specific role, but I'm really looking at the human being. And, you know, is this an inherently curious person? Is this somebody that likes to learn different things. Are they a Swiss army knife of skills? Um, and do they like to learn deeply and, um, and always problem solve? And so it's really about hiring great people and then figuring out what everybody can do while they're there. Um, and the, you know, I think one of the other challenges, of course, is you know, building an audience. And, and we've done it before, but um, it's always a moving target this day and age. It, it, people are utilizing different platforms in different ways Um, and so, you know, we're, we're mitigating that risk by being, uh, ready to be nimble and create certain formats and then learn and iterate from our audience. We're not creating, you know, a thousand minutes of content and launching. We have, uh, you know, about a dozen videos or so, um, and we'll launch with that and then we'll learn and iterate and change and, um, and connect
1: in the way that people want to connect. So I'm sure at this point, a lot of our audience is already interested in seeing some of the films. Um, you mentioned the format. Uh, you mentioned your experience doing like Snapchat kind of feature. Um, I don't know what to call it. The stories kind of thing. Um, so what, what platforms are you on? Uh, how can our audience like reach you?
0: Yeah, so um we are everywhere on social media and our handle is always peak action that's p-i-q-u-e-a-c-t-i-o-n and uh you know we're working with some tiktokers on tiktok so they will be on our channel and on their channel talking about nature-based solutions and and a number of other creators uh and you know often that'll be on on our channel so if you like watching videos on youtube you're going to find our you know widescreen 169 slightly longer more cinematic And if you're following us on TikTok, you're going to see our, you know, 30 to 60 second long TikTok. So um, however you like to consume content, if it's on Instagram or if it's on LinkedIn, we're there and, and you should connect.
2: Awesome. I guess just to wrap us up here then, would you have any advice for someone who either wants to get involved in Peak or something like Peak or wants to start something themselves?
0: Uh, if anybody's interested in Peak, uh, you can go to our website, peakaction.com, and uh, just email us that way. Um, we'd love to talk to anyone. And, you know, we're also really interested at call to action, getting people engaged. Um, if somebody wants to start their own thing, I think they should do it. Uh, I think the, the most one of the lessons that I've learned is a, there's a lot of help out there. Uh, you just have to ask for it. Um, you know, we made a film on a company called Rejewel. Uh, they're a battery testing company, really smart, dynamic people. And they have been going off of grants for a number of years, exclusively grants, you know, millions of dollars of grants. And that's hard work. But they found that by asking, and asking specifically for what their needs are, that they can be met. So I'd say to anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, uh, you need to just go out and do it. Um, And execution is really everything. You know, a lot of folks have ideas, but can you make that idea work? And then who can you ask? And who can you find to help you? Um, Because we can't do it alone. We don't know everything. And um, so there are great resources. We have a bunch of nonprofit partners that know a lot more about the science than we do, that we rely on to tell us that these companies are not fraudulent, that it's hard science and it's based in reality, and they can scale up and make a really big impact. But we don't know that ourselves. So um make friends ask do your research and uh and and be persistent. Um one last note on that, you know, sometimes you're the buyer and sometimes you're the seller in life. And right now we're mostly the sellers. That means that we are trying to get people to engage with us uh emails, calls, and as you get bigger, it's easier, you know, and um but it's still we're still selling. And so you know, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., I have a list of follow-ups, and that's people who didn't get back to me the previous week. And you know, at first, it feels like, oh, that's too many emails. It must be really annoying for that person. Ultimately, everybody writes back and apologizes uh, for for taking so long, and they appreciate the persistence because it refreshes it in their inbox. So don't worry about being rude. Um, and You know, a consistent follow-up is going to get you there. I'll tell you, for me, sometimes it has taken up to 15 weeks of 15 emails to get somebody to write you back, but it's worth it because in the end, they know that that's the kind of person you are and that there's something to offer. And that person
1: probably had a lot of things going on in their life that I didn't know about. Yeah, I really appreciate that advice. I think a lot of our audience would find that helpful. Just, Just being college students, you're kind of in that seller position in life you're applying to jobs you're applying to you're trying to gain advice from um experienced professionals and you're always going to be kind of rude and you're always going to feel like you're bothering them but at the end of the day um i think people still love to to talk and take take a break from their their work and (laughs) and have um have a conversation so yeah um I I think
0: I've just have two things just short on that too, because I think that is really insightful. One is um, figure out a good cold email, because if you just send the same thing again and again, and you're not getting a response, there might be a reason. Um, And the other thing to say is that when you're a college student, you can get in a lot more doors than you can when you're a college graduate. And the reason is that you're not trying to ask somebody for a job yet. And so you're asking for advice and people love to give advice. So, that would be my approach. You know, I'm a college student. I'm thinking about this. Like, you have a great experience in this. I'd really love to pick your brain for 15 minutes. And if you can position it that way, people will most likely say yes. If you just graduated and you're looking for a job, I'm looking for a job. It's going to be like, sorry, we're not hiring.
2: Yeah, that's definitely great advice as well. So for any of our viewers, probably mostly college students, uh, get your networking in now (laughs) before it's a little too late. But Okay, great. Um, thank you, Kip, for coming on. A lot of great advice.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, it was great to chat with both of you today. And um, I look forward to seeing you soon and uh, enjoy the videos as they
1: start coming out. So it was great having Kip on the podcast uh, talking about his micro documentary production company. And uh, it was really interesting to to hear about yet another way you can make a difference um in the world of environmentalism and I think it's really having the ambition to get something done and there are like a million ways to do it and yeah Imani do you have any yeah
2: I think the main theme there especially towards the end was like persistence was definitely key And yeah, I'm definitely that person that thinks I'm being annoying anytime I email someone more than once. And that's a lesson I'm still learning, getting people on this podcast. But um, yeah, it was just great to hear like his story and how he can switch what he was originally thinking. I think that's another theme too with college students, you can think you wanna go into politics and suddenly you're a filmmaker and it's okay to make those changes. So. Yeah. um, So to wrap, if you want to learn more about Peak and what they have going on over there, I'm sure they have all the social medias, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of that would be at uh, P-I-Q-U-E Action. And then if you're interested in keeping up with EcoAlarm and what we have going on, putting up some resource posts about this, you can find us at EcoAlarm Podcasts on primarily Instagram. Facebook, all of those things. So yeah, with that, uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Bye.